Hi, I'm Tony D, and you have tuned into Love Creativity. Question, have you ever wondered why there's so much confusion about love? Why there's so much confusion about health? Why diabetes, it's not under control. It seems to be an epidemic. Well, last week we had Coach Liz on speaking to the cause and the effect of diabetes. This week, we have Coach Liz on as a co-host conducting an interview with Divine, recording artist and barbershop owner who has now overcome his pre-diabetic diagnosis. He has some news for you. You can get over this. Listen, love your body, love your life, love your mission. When I say love, I'm talking about a latitudinal compassion, a love attitude. This is true love. One, to feel the need to encourage and lift others up spiritually, psychologically, financially, in wisdom or action. Number two, the unchangeable aspiration that results in a commitment to behave in a lasting effort, to serve in ways that are good for, needed by, and in the best interest of the other person or persons. Number three, and oneself. Number four, it's altruism. Number five, is compassionate, magnanimous behavior. Number six, the desire that converts to action to prepare oneself and one's situation to be of the best optimistic benefit for self and others. Number seven, it is the highest power. Divine, how you doing? I'm doing fine to yourself. How about you? Oh, man, I'm marvelous, magnificent, and wonderful, and all of those things that go with those words. Tell the people who you are and, and uh, tell them about yourself and, and what you do and, and what's going on in your life right now. That's three questions all in one. I'm a barber by trade with a background as a paralegal as well. I uh, do some work in the community as far as uh, community organizing as a barber. Uh, for the homeless, the less fortunate, uh, those that just can't uh, get services out of their own pocket. So other people will provide those services on the back end. And you guys having you all's podcast allowed me to be a part of this situation. So, so I appreciate it. Thanks again. Oh man, very, very much. We appreciate you being here. I think it's, it's so important that people hear from people like you. Let me introduce our other special guest who is actually serving as today's co-host. If you listen to the last episode, you'll see why we're doing what we're doing today. Go back and listen if you haven't listened to that last episode. So informational. Um, Coach Liz? Hello, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, Divine being here. Um, and, and let me tell you why. Uh, as, as we talked about in the last podcast, I, I wear a number of different hats, but one of them is as a psychotherapist and, and life coach, for the past five years, I've done a lot of work with diabetics, and in particular, type 2 diabetics. Um, and I just have developed a passion for helping people make sweeping lifestyle changes so that they can manage their blood glucose levels, manage their A1C, get their A1C in, in range, and potentially reverse type 2 diabetes. My, my 
friend Lauren, and uh, who's a nutritionist, and I have partnered to um, offer a, a, a master class for type 2 diabetics to make those sleeping lifestyle changes because it's difficult to do. Let, let's face it, um, when, a, when a person is initially diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, they, their doctor says, oh, well, start eating better, exercise, test your blood glucose levels, man, you know, get that A1C down, and I'll see you in three months. And out the door they go with a little support and with little information. So that's what I want to give to people. And I'm so thrilled that Divine was willing to come on board because if um, I understand properly, you have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and have reversed. Oh, let's, let's explain the, the, the terminology type 2 diabetes. Sure, and, and, and probably Divine can do that better than me with that personal experience. So um, let's start there. If you would clarify for our listeners, what's the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Well, you know what, Liz? Um, I spoke briefly earlier about uh, diabetes. All I knew was I was pre-diagnosed diabetic. I ended up finding out and understanding that being pre-diagnosed is the type two. And then the type one is when you actually have to uh, deal with other type of medications that will help curve that diabetes because it's been so far gone. If I'm saying that correctly in a nutshell. Yeah, my understanding is that type one diabetes is something that, uh, for instance, children will get type one diabetes. Um, it's something that y you can't prevent and you can't reverse. Type two diabetes is developed over the course of time, generally speaking, and can potentially sometimes be reversed. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. You sound a little, as a coach, you sound a little more informative than the doctor, but the uh, doctor is very encouraging and helpful and really wanting me to change that uh, habit. So mm -hmm. uh, I thank you for that. So when did you get diagnosed and, and what was your reaction when you first learned the news? Well, um, I got diagnosed in uh, 2018 in January of 2018, well, 19, I'm sorry. I was a little, you know, scared, not scared, but a little apprehensive because I've seen people go through having diabetes, dealing with diabetes and things like that. So I was just like, oh man, I'm gonna have to be on medicine. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna die. You know what I'm saying? This was the way I felt when, uh, it happened, and that was my reaction at that point. Didn't your own mother have diabetes? Yes, she was diabetic, and uh, may she rest her soul. However, uh, yeah, she was diabetic. Yeah, so you saw it firsthand. Absolutely. In, in your opinion, what all contributed to you being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes? Like, what led up to that? Well, I, um, from my doctor's standpoint, it was uh, obesity. I never looked at myself as obese. However, with a five foot four inch frame and weighing 210 pounds, you can kind of go figure then that I was 
obese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after you learned of your, your diagnosis, like what lifestyle changes did you make? So let me, let me just expound on that a little bit. What, what was, what's a snapshot of your lifestyle before you were diagnosed in terms of nutrition and exercise habits? And then how did it begin to morph? Okay. Uh, personally, I guess I'll give you, you know, the real, I, uh, was uh, involved in uh, smoking marijuana heavily, regularly, drinking beer and alcohol regularly. When I say regularly, as far as marijuana everyday use, and then it became every now and then with the uh, alcohol usage, and then I developed a uh, sense of depression at one point to where I began to live in the bottle. By doing so, smoking marijuana causes you to um, eat when you don't want to eat, it just causes you to eat because it gives you that uh, super appetite, that hyper appetite. So I was just eating anything. Of course, I love hamburgers. Still to this day, I love hamburgers, but uh, I've been chilling on them. But as far as eating anything is what I'm saying is um, cookies, cakes, pops, uh, just junk food, basically no real means of nutrition uh, although I didn't filter my body with uh, uh, pork, you know, that was something that I always used as a outlet to say, well, I'm healthier than most because I don't eat pork. Pork mm -hmm. is really bad. But, you know, we're coming to find out now that even red meat is just as bad, but not bad like pork because uh, through scriptures, uh, and I hate to take it there, but Pork was the thing that was a commandment that we shouldn't have done, but uh, beef at the time uh, was allowed, of course, in the scripture. So I was using that as my outlet to continue to overeat hamburgers and steak and things of that nature. And then as far as the lifestyle change, uh, when I got diagnosed in January of 99, I mean, 2019, I decided to uh, get in the gym. Prior to that, in my early years as a teen, and up to my 21 or whatever, I was real athletic build and looking and all that. And uh, I just got, you know, I, I let myself go. So then I decided to get in the gym and uh, start working on my habits and things like that of exercise and eating better. And uh, last year, 2019, I uh, ran a 13-1 mile marathon wow. in August. And four months later, I ran a uh, six- Point two mile marathon, and then a month right after that, I ran another thirteen point one mile marathon, and um, I went back to the doctor this year in January, end of Feb, end of January, February, and I was down one ninety four. Wow! And, uh, I uh, started eating better and doing all the things to try to help make myself better, and then um, after we did my. Uh, blood work and everything in February. I had to come back March the 9th of this year. And um, I was down uh, 189. And then uh, the doctor was like, yes, yes, I want your, B your BMI down to about 160, 169. And I was like, no, I'm not going that low because I didn't want to look a certain way. And then she was like, well, do you, are you more concerned with how you look or about your health? And I was like, actually both. So then she posed the question to me was, um, 
what do you think your ideal weight should be? And I was like, well, about 194. I got a friend who's a bodybuilder, and he uh, is 194, and he got tons of muscle. And she said, well, I bet it's not natural. And then I was like, uh, well, I don't know because I don't know. However, those guys do, you know, do enhancements and things of that nature. But uh, I can't say that he has or he hasn't. But the more she kept talking to me about getting down at least – and I said, so we compromised. I said, well, how about between 185 and 175? So right now, before I talk to you guys, I was uh, 180. Wow, and, fantastic. Uh, and I'm doing the work to uh, get, get my health in order. Fantastic. Congratulations. That's such a, an accomplishment. Thank you so much. Yes. So what? What are some things um, that helped you to stay the course and be consistent with that? Just not wanting to look like I looked uh, all flabby and, you know, the way that I, you know, and then uh, another thing uh, real quick that was a contributing factor was uh, my, uh, my uh, liver had been compromised. Uh, not to the point to where it's uh, cirrhosis or liver disease or cancer per se. Um, there was abnormalities in my uh, liver, in my MCH and MCV or whatever. And uh, she knew I was a hypochondriac, I guess. And she was like, well, don't get all alarmed by it. It's just, you know, continue to do what you're doing and make sure you stay off the marijuana and stay off the alcohol. And uh, just a testament real quick, uh, this past Saturday has been seven months that, I mean, seven weeks that I haven't been uh, on drugs, alcohol, I mean, marijuana, alcohol, and uh, six weeks that I haven't taken any uh, antidepressant meds and or blood pressure medicine as well. Fantastic. But I can't wait to see her June the 9th to see what she has to say mm -hmm. uh, then without any of the medication, whether it's my antidepressant or my uh, uh, high blood pressure medicine. All right, so I'm curious, what advice would you give someone who has pre-diabetes or is a newly diagnosed type two diabetic? I know that's a loaded question, but I'm really curious to hear what you would have to say. Well, uh, they say experience is the best teacher and I've been experiencing this situation. So with my information that I've received from the doctor and with the lifestyle change that I decided to make and be disciplined with it, I would just tell them the same thing. You know, uh, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily encourage you to do the many marathons or what have you, but I do encourage you to exercise. I do encourage you to walk. I do encourage you to eat better. I do encourage you to make sure you take in uh, your greens and making sure you're eating food that is nutrient that will pass through your body that gives you the nutrients that you need that will just pass through and not just sit in certain parts of your body. That That's really the only advice, you know, I could give. But again, it's by my experience and here's, here's what I've went through. And, uh, I do know that this is reversible, uh, the same as high blood pressure and anything else. It actually starts within the mind. That's the truth. Because and the willingness to want to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Um, it's been a few years 
but my doctor had diagnosed me and, and prescribed pills for me to take high blood pressure medicine. And I explained to him, I don't want to take that medicine. He said, well, you have to, you have to get down and um, you have to lose some weight and, and we'll see what happens from there. So I started jogging every day, five miles every day and eating broccoli and raw oatmeal. And I, I, because I read somewhere that the oatmeal and, and the greens clean your veins out when you agitate them, when, when you're running, your blood drags it through your body and, and cleans out that plaque that's in there. And a couple of times I went back to him, I was going down. Finally, he said, you know, you're past the, the weight and the, the testing that you don't need this medicine anymore. We, we need to take you off of this. It'll be dangerous for you to stay on this medicine at this point. So, um, yeah, you're right. Disease can be reversed. I'm, I'm a witness, lived through it. So, you, man, you, you have done a fantastic thing to exercise. You know, humans were meant to exercise. That's what we were supposed to do. Eat right and exercise. And it was on the trees, you know. <laughs> food was sitting on the trees for us. We didn't need the fast food and the chips and so on. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing like a cake, though, every now and then. I'm a, uh, you know, I've a, uh, <laughs> but uh, just really quick, uh, I actually made a cake today, you know, because of the, the uh, quarantine situation and um, not being out per se or whatever, but I did crave a uh, red velvet cake, which was is my favorite cake. I uh, made it with my son and it was something to do. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I made it and we haven't even ate a slice of it yet. And I'm like, damn, I just wasted $4. You know, um, but I am, am going to eat a piece at least to just say that I've eaten something bad because, you know, you do have to have a little balance with this. As I learned with uh, exercising and with uh, a personal trainer, it's 80% healthy foods and then 20% junk food to give that body a balance so you always be able to shock your body into being back disciplined and getting rid of what it wants to get need to get rid of so you can be more effective in losing the uh weight that's not needed on you because that's a trigger to uh make your mind and body work together and go hey we just ate some cookies we just ate some ice cream we need to get rid of this but to be like it, oh, man, it, also <laughs> yeah. it, it does help though it gives it gives your body opportunity to assist in getting rid of that stuff as well so you don't want to just be so wrapped up to where you not enjoying life either. Yeah. Well, and now that you've reversed the diabetes or the pre-diabetes, you, you can, you know, afford to have that little piece of cake once in a while. So good for you. Well, I appreciate it. But again, Liz, I have, it's, it's looking at me. Well, not now, but it's on the counter and I, we made it earlier. We still haven't eaten it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird that I'm like, I want this, but I don't really want it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep, you have changed. That's you are on the other side. Yep. yep. Is that the dark side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to some well, people it is because you know it's that condition can bring depression. Even if you weren't depressed before that, you're gonna think, "Oh man, life is over now." You know, and so yeah, man, you you've done a wonderful thing. 
Well, I appreciate well, it. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I, I know you got another meeting you got to get off to, but thank you again so, so much for sharing your experience with us and with our listeners. Well, I appreciate it so much. And how does this, uh, how does this get out to those that you are passionate about in helping with uh, their diabetes or pre-diabetes? He'll put it up on his podcast, and then I am going to share it on my socials through Facebook to and Instagram to uh, get the word out to people that, you know, we have this master class available if they want to get some results like you've gotten, um, you know, they, they can take advantage of this and, and do the hard work. Man, that's, that's it, man. That's all it is about putting in the work, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Hard work and sweat equity. That's it, man. You won't be able to achieve anything if you don't mm -mm. do such. So I, uh, I've been putting in the work, really. You had to be. I know that. Been there. So one last question. If people want to get a hold to you, if people like this music they heard and they want more of this music, what can they do? Well, it's, uh, it's on uh, all the media outlets as far as audio media outlets, um, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. We're in the process of putting it on TuneCore just so, uh, but yeah, you can find it. It's uh, the name of the album is I Don't Just Cut Hair. And the name of the artist, I Just Don't Cut Hair. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't even know my own album name. Um, I Just Don't Cut Hair. Name is Divine Cuts, and you can find that anywhere. You can also reach me at my uh, Instagram, which is the letter J, Blue Collar Barber Alexander 502. Go from there. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's been great talking to you. And um, we are looking forward to this episode hitting the air. I appreciate it. Please tag me when you get a chance. Indeed. Yes, you take very good care. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate Bye. it again. All right. Bye. Bye. Living in a world, Child to hear gunshots, probably not. And these ain't hunt shots. No deer, it's for bucks out here. And bullets don't care who they touch out here. So please, Mr. Mayor, go out and be a player. Offer more help and not just a prayer. How can it change without action first? And why, when y'all speak, y'all talk taxes first? Somebody 
had to die without a real reason why. The news don't help, only report the negative. And the doctors got half of our country on medicine. You can't blame the people that look close to me. They just shot up on people at the grocery. I refuse to live in fear while I'm here. I suffer through the years, I shed so many tears. I'm feeling like Pac in his prime. Why the greats gotta go before they time? Let's call a truce. All this crime. Cause until that's peace, we can't have a peace of mind. Listen, love your body, love your life, love your mission.